1: You are entering the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's man of the hour and home of America's biggest Trump supporters. Climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth.
2: Mega, mega, mega.
3: Great to be back with you. Um, It has been a few days. The last time I was on air was Saturday, and I got a lot of um, a lot of people listening in um, from all parts of the country, as well as um, I had a few countries: Norway, Canada, Germany. Uh, People were listening in those areas as well. In those areas as well. So uh, that's pretty fantastic. I uh, I'm very uh, thankful uh, that my fan base is uh, moving so quickly, and I, I know I thanked all of you uh, on my last episode, but, you know, I, I can't thank you enough, and, uh, you know, it really means a lot, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, it is absolutely a, um, a, a hectic and huge uh, week in news there's a lot going on. There's so, I mean, it's, it's stacked. I mean, with, with the headlines, um, you know, we have, um, a lot of, uh, different, uh, different things. Um, and I'm going to get to that. Um, what I wanted to talk about in my opening is, um, that, uh, I am. Uh, I have a lot of uh, special things um, planned uh, for the Rory Sodder Show in terms of uh, it, it, it evolving to the next level. <clears throat> um, you know, talking with different people, collaborating, um, doing some you know affiliating affiliations. Um, so, so that's that's a, that's a positive. Um, taking the, taking the Rory Soder Show uh, to the next level uh is definitely something that uh uh needs to happen and uh you know it's um i have some good things um you know in the in the works and uh, i'm very excited about it um i love i love coming on you know every day every day that i'm on uh and sharing my insight uh you know giving my input uh to you guys and um you know it's um it's cool it's it's awesome it's really awesome um and i want to say that um you know uh, i i've been getting a lot of uh messages uh congratulating me from random people uh, th- thanking me and saying how good the show is so that means a lot too i really wanted to mention that um i highly appreciate that and um yeah i mean wow from random people uh, listening to my show and, uh, you know, giving me compliments. Um, it's an honor. So thank you so much. Um, I will be taking calls today at certain points of the show. I have a lot on the agenda to get to. So, uh, you know, if I get caller, if call callers call in, um, you know, you may be uh, called on, you may be, you may not, it, it just depends on the, the time frame and you know, what, uh, what I'm doing, uh, what I'm what I'm what I'm talking about at the moment, because you know there's certain things uh, on the agenda today that I'd like to have uh, you know callers uh, give input on. But anyways, um, a huge, um, you know, big thing, uh, the opening headline, obviously, which is the which is huge this week, which Trump did. Uh, he laid out his 1.5 trillion dollar infrastructure plan absolutely uh, magnificent and, and brilliant and it's the uh, it's the biggest uh, inf- infrastructure proposal ever uh, in in history uh, the plan includes 200 billion in federal funds that are intended to stimulate more than 1.5 trillion in spending mostly from local and state governments and private entities over a decade <clears throat> In a later address to Congress at the beginning of the proposal, President Trump asked lawmakers to act soon on a bill that would stimulate at least $1.5 trillion in new investment over the next decade, shorten the approval process for projects to two years or less. That's very important because, you know, we, we don't want to wait 10 years for approval processes like it has been, you know, to do uh, simple infrastructures, to fix roads, to fix uh, buildings, to fix the necessities that, uh, you know, are struggling. Um, Focus on infrastructure needs for rural areas. That's very important, obviously. Encourage training for American workers. Absolutely. Create opportunities for state and local governments to invest in large-scale infrastructure projects. Brilliant. Perfect. Um, Let's see. Uh, Trump often, uh, you know, touts his history as a real estate developer. Made infrastructure one of the pillars of his presidential campaign. Um, the president has indicated that he is skeptical of public-private partnerships, a key part of the White House plan. Um, so th- there's there's a lot of good coming out of this. Uh, the the infrastructure we obviously know. Um, you know, that it was strongly lacking uh, for a long time, you know, not just when Obama was in there, uh, but Obama, you know, made it worse. But, you know, we have roads and we have buildings that could be, fi- that could be so fixed and look so nice. You go to places like China and they have brand-new roads and we look like a third-world country compared to them on their highways and some of their buildings are next generation. We don't even have. I mean this is this is one of the most important um, you know promises uh, that Trump has kept uh, since his campaign. Uh, I remember him actually uh, I've been with Trump since day one as you all know I've been to every rally. Uh, you know his 1.5 trillion infrastructure plan was one of his biggest promises from day one. And so far uh, President Trump has delivered on all his promises, every single promise. And like I, I've said this on my show before, you know, you'll have those presidents that come in and, you know, they'll, they'll make all these promises before they get in there, and they'll, you know, maybe, if they're lucky, uh, succeed at uh, accomplishing 25% of what they promised their voters. Trump, as of now, is at 80% uh, 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 of what he told his voters he would do. He's done 80% of what he told his voters he would do in one year. And he only has 20% of his promises left to fulfill. And uh you know, that's it. In one year, he com- he completed 80% of his accompli- uh, of of his promises uh from his campaign. Think about that. It, in in 8 years the presidents beforehand, like I said, maybe got 25% done of what they promised. Trump is the real deal in every single way. But you, look, but you look at where this infrastructure plan, you know, will be put into place and utilized. I mean, you look at all of these rundown streets in these cities, Detroit, Chicago, um, Seattle, where I'm from. Uh, very run down in certain parts of the city that could be fixed. Um, You know, you have all the Philadelphia, I mean, the list goes on. Obviously every city, uh, you know, in the United States has their downfalls with their lack of infrastructure, you know, and their, uh, you know, their, their roads are in the best shape or, you know, their buildings um, or their, their real estate. So uh, this, this is pivotal. This is so pivotal. And for Trump to do this, you know, he did, he's doing this within a year of being in office. He's, he's bringing this out. This is so big. This is unbelievable. This is amazing. And the next thing, we're getting the wall, too. We're getting the wall like he promised. And we remember how all the liberal media, uh, you know, fruit Loops laughed and said, Trump's never going to get that wall. We're about to get the fucking wall. What's the fucking liberal cocksucking media going to say once we have the wall? I mean, there's a reason. I'm not going to get too – I'm going to get to this, uh, you know, uh, topic later. But as of today, CNN uh, had to lay off 50 employees, Uh, didn't meet their revenue, uh, what they were expecting, and very bad ratings. What does that tell you? The fake news is fucking losing. The fake news is fucking losing. They're a bunch of leeches and cocksuckers. And, here, and here's the thing you, you look at you look at this is going to also uh, bring so many jobs, uh, thousands of jobs to our economy. more families get paid, more families uh, get fed, more families uh, you know get, get financial freedom. I mean it's a cycle. something like this it, it start, it's a booming economy. With a one point five trillion infrastructure plan is going to change so many lives for the, for the better. It it will honestly blow your mind how many um, jobs and uh, this is going to create and how this is going to uh, be put back into the economy and utilized uh, hugely, bigly. I mean this this is great. This is fantastic. Very excited about this. Um, and you know, there's a, uh, there's a lot to, uh, yeah, there's a more, a lot more to come, a lot more to come on, uh, Trump and his promises and, uh, you know, all his, uh, the fulfillments, uh, that he's going to achieve, uh, he's going to achieve all of this for the American people. Amazing. All righty. Um, I want to... <coughs> I, I, I want to go into you know what happened this was yesterday and this is very sick very sick Vanessa Trump the wife of Don jr the uh, white the wife of Don jr was mailed it there was she op- she got in contact or opened it she opened an envelope uh, at their New York uh, City, and it was addressed to Don Jr., and she was rushed to the hospital, Vanessa Trump. And, uh, you know, they're still investigating on what it was. Um, but obviously, this was a total uh, setup and uh, a, a terrorism act. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, it could be anthrax, it could be multiple things. Uh, you know, it just, uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but she's safe, and that's the good thing. The family's safe. Nobody's hurt. Um, you know, everybody is, um, you know, in good hands. Um, but how the fuck do these sort of em- – like, these, these envelopes need to be screened. They need to be monitored, especially with high-profile people like Don Jr., when, you, when your father's the president of the United States. And I am so surprised that, it, that their mail is not being screened. Like it's not big, like, like, and this happens to celebrities too. Why You guys are well off, you guys are known figures, you guys are, you know the media is all over you. You need somebody to be watching over your stuff. I mean, and that's the truth. I mean, especially at this, this time in life, this in, in this society at this time. You need to, and how dangerous and how reckless and how unexpected crazy motherfuckers are. That's what security's for. You know what? God bless all of the Trump family, and I'm so happy Vanessa is safe. But they, you know, just please, for the for their love of God security or somebody to monitor and open your mouth. We cannot take any chances. We need to be extra safe with this sort of thing. Because you never fucking know. Today's society is unexpected. And like I said before, nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me. I've seen it all. I have fucking seen it all. There's no doubt about it. That's a true story. But here, but I want to, I want to, you know, after you, seeing all this, you know, reckless, and seeing it all in life, seeing the, just the craziness, um, it's like wow like sending sending poison poisonous substances to um a trump family member it's so appalling it's terrible it's absolutely it's disgusting it's despicable and they'll they'll find the guy that did it um i want to move on to my next topic which is uh makes me very fucking excited. I get all pumped up for this one. This is, this is great. This is fucking great. Like, this, it, CNN laying off 50 employees and downsizing due to bad ratings and lack of revenue. Oh, my God. This makes me so happy. I mean, this is teaching them a lesson that they can't report fake fucking news, that they can't be biased, and, they, and their whole mission to destroy Trump is not working. They're losing. And I love seeing the look on uh, the uh, the head of CNN, Zucker. Zucker, um, you know, he's, he's losing his mind. He knows he's defeated. He knows he can't, uh, you know, wit, uh, beat Trump. CNN has tried to overrule Trump, and it doesn't work. Trump wins every fucking time. And these ratings going down with CNN... CNN did it to themselves. CNN tried to start a war that they know, knew they, that they knew that they knew they were going to lose. Trump destroyed them. Trump is the reason they're downsizing. Trump is the reason they have bad ratings. Trump is the reason every the, the light is being opened in America. that everybody's waking the fuck up and seeing the fakes like the liberals and CNN and MSNBC and all these cocksuckers that are evil evil, evil that don't, that are all out for their own gain, and they're all fucking scripted. They're not even reading you real shit and they're trying to brainwash you. And like I said, people are waking up to it. People are doing the right thing. But, but it's most people, but there's still those people that are brainwashed, which is unfortunate. And, uh, you know, God help us. Uh, you know, thank the Lord that President Trump won this election because it's smelly, crooked, uh, stinky old hag Hillary the one we would have we would have not had a country left. It would have been like it would have been it, we we would have been so fucked. I wake up every day and I pray and I thank God and I thank President that President Trump is our president. I mean he is a miracle man. Trump is America's savior. Trump is Trump is the closest thing to God in this life. Trump saved America. It's unbelievable. And there's all these headlines out, and it's so true. The media loses every time they try to go up against Trump. They try. They try to pick at him, but it doesn't work. You know, Trump um, is the definition of invincible. Invincible. You cannot – you can't – he will win every time that's how it works it's so true i want to play you a clip which is hilarious from mark dice um the liberals uh the great mark dice is always he's awesome but the liberals new hero um, it's Kim Jong Un's sister. You gotta hear. You gotta hear this stuff. You can't make this shit up. The liberal media is as communist. Is as co- it's communism. It's socialism. Terrible. Listen. Listen to this though. Mark Dice put it, puts it into perspective. Perfect. One clip. One three.
4: We gotta get serious for a moment here, guys. The liberal media in this country hates President Trump so bad that they're literally siding with North Korea out of spite. As you know, the Olympics started on Friday in South Korea, and the North Korean dictator's sister was allowed to come and attend the opening ceremony, and the liberal media in America are just gushing over her. The New York Times says that without a word, only flashing smiles, Kim Jong-un's sister outflanked Vice President Mike Pence in diplomacy. CNN, the Communist News Network, says Kim Jong-un's sister stole the show at the Winter Olympics. This liberal blog, Think Progress, says, despite Mike Pence's sabotage, North Korea's charm offensive appears to be working. Oh, Mike Pence didn't smile at the dictator's sister. He must be trying to sabotage peace talks, isn't he? The Washington Post calls her the Ivanka Trump of North Korea and says that she's captivating people in the South during the Olympics. Oh, is she some kind of fashion designer or a businesswoman, you're asking? No, she's literally the second in command of North Korea's Department of Propaganda and Agitation. I'm sorry, I don't think it's fair to compare this woman to Ivanka. First of all, she looks like that evil wizard in Big Trouble from Little China, while Ivanka looks like a supermodel. Oh, and let's not forget that part about this woman being in the senior leadership of the dictatorship of North Korea, while Ivanka Trump is working with her father for family and women's issues and helping make America great again. Right, CNN? Oh, wait, what's this? Ivanka is not a champion for women, says the Communist News Network. And she can prove it. Yes, liberal media, Ivanka's just the pretty-faced right-hand woman of an evil dictator. But we love Kim Jong-un's sister, Kim Yo-jong. Oh, and ABC News, always broadcasting crap, loves the North Korean cheerleaders that stole the spotlight at the opening ceremony, too. They wore matching outfits and had synchronized chants. Wow! Can you imagine what the state-run propaganda media in North Korea is doing with okay. these news stories? At least Willie Geist, who's one of the hosts of the Today Show, who's in South Korea for the Olympics, says, I can report South Koreans here in Pyeongchang are not as enthralled with Kim Yo-jong and the North Korean cheerleaders as it seems that some media are back home. Something about North Korea killing, starving, and imprisoning its people while threatening South Korea with nuclear annihilation. A CNN contributor named Selena Zito tweeted out some screenshots of this insanity and said that, quote, I am deeply saddened by how my profession has normalized and glamorized this murderous regime. And then we wonder why no one trusts us. Us meaning the liberal media. Of course, she didn't want to bite the hand that feeds her, so she included some screenshots from other media outlets glorifying Kim Yo-jong, but not CNN. The liberal media is literally enemy propaganda, and they have sided with North Korea. Here's Michael Moore on MSNBC admitting this. Uh, You know, I find myself genuinely rooting for him to handle the North Korea situation well. I mean there's all sorts of areas where I, I Yeah but you that, are you are rooting for the man yeah, but that's to like, be competent and effective. I don't, know, I don't know if I agree with that because it's like rooting you don't, you're not rooting for him to root. Well it's it like real rooting well? it's like rooting for a six year old who suddenly swiped dad's car and figured out how to take it down the road. I'm not rooting for the six year old to get on the highway and drive that car. I want the six year old off the highway. You could see how conflicted the host Chris Hayes was, but at least he did admit that he does support President Trump's quest to bring the North Korea situation to a peaceful conclusion. And this Rosie O'Donnell doppelganger couldn't even get behind that. Oh, and let's not forget that MSNBC's Chris Matthew compares Ivanka Trump working for her dad to Uday and Hussein Hussein working for their father when he was ruling Iraq.
1: But, you know, Uday and Hussein working for Saddam Hussein, you couldn't go to a restaurant and have eye contact with one of those guys without getting killed. These people are really powerful. Imagine getting into a fight in the office with Jared or Ivanka. Well, that's, they have enormous power, and they're always going to be
4: there. This is what I worry about for other people in the White House. Ivanka Trump is described as her father's eyes and ears on the ground. That's a little scary. No, what's scary is that one of Saddam Hussein's sons covered a woman in honey and then fed her to dogs who literally what? ate her alive. I'm about 99% sure that YouTube demonetized this video because they searched the auto-generated transcript so they know exactly what was said in every video that's uploaded, and they search them for keywords for non-advertiser-friendly topics, so I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports me on Patreon and PayPal. You guys keep me going because this is ongoing problem, so I really appreciate your support. You can also support my channel by...
0: There you have it, people. The
3: very, the great talented Mark Dice God, I mean it's, the liberal media is off the fucking wall they're off their fucking they're off their fucking bird I mean, the the fact that they're now praising uh, Kim Jong-un's sister and comparing her to Ivanka Trump I mean, give me a fucking break I mean, can it get any more idiotic and moronic than that? And they're trying to say uh, Kim Jong-un, you know, the other night, uh, the, the liberal media uh, was painting Kim Jong-un's sister as a fucking hero. I thought the liberal media for years was criticizing North Korea. It's like, I mean, it, it just, it's such a shifty, like, like they don't, they're on a script, these, these, these hosts, they're on a fucking script. Because they shit so much, it's like what do what do they really fucking believe? It's unbelievable that sort of shit. You know, you have some of these people on TV, and obviously they like the comparison, for instance, from Ivanka Trump to you know the, the, the Kim Jong Un sister. I mean, that that just goes that, that 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 example right there. That's like comparing apples and oranges. And that proves right there, the host on MSNBC that tried to, to compare that, it proves his IQ and, and his, and his uh, ignorance. And the fact that the people actually listen to these uh, hosts and actually believe the shit that comes out of their mouth, it baffles me. It baffles me. Like we're not – like, Yes majority of the United States people in this country are fucking stupid so more than half of everybody in this country is stupid and that's what that's what bothers me and those people are the ones a lot of those people are the ones that pay attention to these fake news networks like CNN and MSNBC at least Fox News is balanced they're 100% balanced and um, you know, it's desperation with the liberal media. Whatever they can write, whatever the smallest fucking thing—how President Trump drinks his coke, how President Trump eats his food—like they they pick at the smallest fucking things, and they're always on to the next thing. And now they're caught. Like I said, now they're coddling Kim Jong Un's sister, which you know what? And I'll talk about this too. I mean, I did. I, I, this will be another kind of. Um, Uh, whole topic that I'll get to later in the show, but I'm all for uh, peace with North Korea. I would love to have, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Rodman and Trump go over there and shake hands with Kim Jong-un because we could have a great allies. We could really do this well. Um, You know, this this could be, you know, uh, an alliance is better than being an enemy. You know, you know, having having a uh, an, an ally, you know, as many allies as possible. And I really do uh, believe um, that Kim Jong Un, you know, will make peace eventually, because he knows he'll lose if he tries to fuck with us and start a war. We're we're a hundred times more powerful um, with our military weapons. And the story's evolving because now there's multiple reports that there could be uh, uh, talks of making peace in the, in the next couple of weeks, like soon, very soon, uh, especially after this Mike Pence trip, uh, you know, and this Olympics, uh, there'll be further uh, discussions uh, regarding, uh, you know, peace. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, let's hope for the best, obviously. Um. So I really – Yesterday, uh, something really gross and nasty
0: and uh,
3: just uh, makes you want to barf. Barack Hussein Osama and his big and smelly masculine linebacker wife, Michael Obama, uh, the the tranny, uh, received an ugly portrait of themselves. Um, Barack Hussein Obama Osama uh, was pictured in a garden, looking like a Fruit Loop, like, that, that's probably the gayest photo I've ever seen. I mean, he, every other president takes a professional photo with a professional background. Fruit Loop takes a fucking photo in, in a fucking garden. I think Obama's gay. I, I really do. I've thought it for a long time. I mean, there's many, there's many strong, reliable sources that wrote books about him and said that he was a big cocksucker. And his wife and I would not. I am almost certain as well that his wife is a fucking tranny. Those arms are the size of linebacker football wife arms. Those fucking arms and her fucking tricep. Have you seen that bitch? It's so fake. Oh my god! And. I want to play you a clip that's really going to make you puke. I'm going really going to make you puke. They're, they're, I can smell their nasty odor from here. President Trump, oh, God, he had to totally remodel that White House every fucking bit and just get that odor. And Oh, God, they had to totally, completely start over after those nasty people who Obama, Osama's left. Ugh, okay, but anyway, Osama praising his ape wife. Uh, as hot But anybody with two eyes that are working And a fucking brain Knows she's butt ugly and ugly as sin It looks like something out of the jungle and, she, and, and no amount of makeup Can cure this masculinity One four clip
4: Amy
2: I want to thank you for So spectacularly capturing The grace and beauty And intelligence And charm And hotness <laughs> Of the woman that I love?
3: <laughs> hotness. You hear that? Hotness. There ain't nothing fucking hotness about her. She spent millions on, on trying to fix her fucking appearance, and she still looks like a fucking ape. Looks like a goddamn linebacker. She. Her arms... I've never seen a woman with those big fucking arms. There's something wrong there. Something wrong. But anyways, the portraits are absolutely pathetic, ridiculous looking, and very, very gay. I, for, for Barack Obama's photo. Uh, you know, Michelle's photo didn't even look like her. Uh, it, it didn't even look like her, so it didn't... I, you know, I'm not really focused on that. But uh, Barack's... Uh, Being in a garden, the only president to take a picture, uh, surrounded by flowers and leaves like a fruitcake, I'll never understand. And it kind of proves his wimpiness and how much of a pussy he was. And uh, we definitely know who wears the pants in that marriage. Michelle Obama bosses that, bosses little Barack around so much. I guarantee it. I mean, we've seen it. And we've also heard multiple reports that uh, Obama is terrified of his wife. God, damn. No manhood. No manhood from that man. From that Muslim from Kenya. Alrighty. Um but uh, you know, the portrait was pathetic. It didn't deserve any sort of fucking recognition. Um Oh, and I, and I wanna get in get into this too. This is great. Um the people the the black man That did the portrait was known in the past for painting black women with severed head. He he was known for painting black women and holding white women's heads decapitated, holding a white woman's head. So he okay. Let me let me let me rephrase that. He, Obama's artist, the artist who painted former President Obama's portrait, which will be added to the America's President's Exhibit at the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C., previously painted images of black women holding severed heads of white women, severed heads, holding severed heads of white women. So this guy is a sick fuck that painted... um, He's an ugly motherfucker too. He's a toothless looks like a fucking guy on the street that smokes cracks he's and he's worthless but uh you know these sort of paintings um you know should not be tolerated, and uh you know these these sort of people that paint this sort of shit should be ridiculed and totally interrogated and and fucked with like if they're gonna like if like blacks like this is a problem now, you know liberal blacks. They're trying to come after whites. They're trying to come after us. They're trying to start a war with us. They're they're mad that their Osama Messiah is gone, even though he made their community worse. We have Trump in office now. Within one year, Trump got black unemployment to an all-time low. And we're seeing artists uh, hold, pa- painting black women holding, holding a decapitated, decapitated head of a white woman. I mean, it's pathetic. It's really pathetic, and the fact, I mean, that's not, you know, I hear these stupid white liberals and all these other ignorant fucking liberals um, say the Obamas have so much class, and I mean, the the, the Obamas are the complete opposite of class. They don't have one bit of class. They ruined America. They destroyed America more than any other, uh, you know, family. Obama is the worst president of all time. He is a fucking piece of shit. I mean, there's he is. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it makes me sick every time I see him. And his, they're just oh god, they're ugly. Him and his fucking wife. Alrighty, let's um.
0: Bear with me, guys.
3: Okay, I really want to play this clip for you guys. Um, the uh, the Black Panther uh, leader, leader of the Black Panthers, uh, saying in an interview that Obama did terrible for the black community and blacks are uh, doing way better under Trump. And obviously this man recognizes that under Trump, black unemployment is at an all-time low.
2: So it's, I mean,
3: waking up to the truth. Listen, uh,
2: 1-5. Donald Trump last week went to Milwaukee because of the rioting behind a police shooting of a young African-American male by a black officer. And the city was being burned down in certain parts of the black community by protesters. So Donald Trump decided to go to Milwaukee. And speak about the conditions of America and why he felt black people should vote for him. He even went on to give lay out reasons why he felt we should. Let me say this to the brothers and sisters who listened and watched that speech. We may not like the vessel that said what he said, but I ask us to truly examine what he said, because it is a fact that for 54 years, we have been voting for the Democratic Party like no other race in America. And they have not given us the same loyalty and love that we have given them. We as black people have to reexamine the relationship where we're being pimped like prostitutes. And they're the big pimps pimping us politically, promising us everything, and we get nothing in return. we got to step back now as black people and say we got to look at all the parties and vote our best interest. Look, I I couldn't agree with you more, Quinell, but you're right. You spoke directly to black people. Right. And I want to say and encourage your brothers and sisters, Barack Obama, our president, served two terms. The first black president ever. But did our condition get better? Did financially, politically, academically, with education in our community, did things get better? Are young people working more than what it was before they came into office? They got worse. The condition got worse. So now we as black people have to do and remember what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. No politician can save the black community.
3: Well, there you have it. He couldn't have said it any better. Perfectly said. That was like spot on. And... He himself, who has been around since, was March, was with around with Martin Luther King in those days, and knows all about the black community. But he's absolutely right. This guy, Obama, did worse for the black community than any other president. You look at cities like Detroit. You look at cities like Chicago, all the crime, all the debt. You look at New York in massive debt, California in massive debt. You've got all the, and they're all run by liberals. Think about it. Every rundown city, every rundown place, rundown infrastructure is liberal management. Democrats. Especially in today's society. At least the majority of the Republicans are the good guys. We're trying to fix this shit. Because the black community had had was in the worst shape under Barack Obama. He absolutely did nothing for the black community. He all, the way he tricked people, the way he uh, was clever, is he could speak well. He could tell people, you know what they wanted to hear. He could use that, that Barack Obama voice. He like he just you know, he, he he was he was charming to certain individuals. But he didn't do anything constructive or lucrative for our country. He raised the debt more than all presidents in history combined. I've said that on my show before, but think about that, people. All Obama did was create a, commun- a communist uh, uh, environment and socialism. It's unacceptable. This guy was absolutely right. I love this guy. I want to meet this guy and have him on my show. As a matter of fact, speaking of that, just a quick off-topic. Uh, I will be having people on my show um, in the coming in the coming days. I got some guests. It's gonna be very exciting. Uh, it will be a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, but you know, and, and I can't wait. I can't wait though. To be really exciting. Um, but yeah, but going back, the black community, uh, you know, in the victim stance they play. They play the victim stance. Like the white people are the bad, are the enemy. They they they're targeting white people. Especially in these rundown, down cities. I mean, you know, blacks, you know, especially the liberal blacks, you know, claim racism is, is you know, is is the answer uh, to every problem, and, and that's that's what that's what it is. It's all racism. It's all racism. I I, I don't see it. I, I, there's not much racism in today's society everybody's everybody gets along everybody you know pretty much accepts each other for the most part you know i you know it, it's so but at the same time you got to understand this like um the uh the democrats the left they need that platform uh to race bait and to uh keep uh you know the less fortunate like the minorities and the blacks uh, you know, brainwashed, and, you know, keep telling them they'll give them free money and, and all this stuff, and, uh, you know, sometimes they do give them, you know, give this free stuff, like food stamps and welfare, but sometimes their promises don't come true. So basically, you know, and they want control of, you know, people's uh, uh, health care. They want control of everything. I don't understand, you know, why people are so lazy, why people rely on the government for, you know, for money. I don't understand. I mean, it's it's, it's the best unemployment rate. It's, it's the lowest unemployment rate right now overall in 45 years. Hear that again, folks. The lowest unemployment rate in 45 years right now. Job, businesses are begging to give away jobs right now. So true. I mean, this, this economy is booming. Um, MetLife, which is a huge company, announced a, a large investment into our economy. And uh, I'm going to pull that up real quick because that this is huge, um, what they're doing for their Employees. MetLife announces $15 minimum wage, 10 million investment in workers due to tax reform. MetLife announced on Monday that they will institute at $15 minimum wage, as well as invest 10 million in their worker workers due to tax reform. MetLife Chairman, President, and CEO Stephen A. Kinderian said, as a result of tax reform, we are making a significant investment in our employees. We are enhancing pay and benefit programs and helping them develop skills that will make them more valuable members of our team. We are investing in their future and strengthening their long-term financial security with structural improvements that will endure. We are also channeling most of the benefits to employees at the lower end of compensation spectrum. MetLife revealed on Monday that they will establish a workforce for future uh, development fund and will invest $10 million to benefit their workers. What this will entail is establish a $15 minimum wage well above the $725 federal minimum wage, establish a minimum MetLife provided group life insurance benefit of $75,000 regardless of the worker's salary. The previous program set the life insurance benefits to one, one's annual pay, introduce a $300 minimum monthly credit of the company's defined benefit pension plan, enhance the 401k plan designed by the transitioning to auto enrollment for employee contributions and immediate eligibility for investing in employer matching contributions. The American economy continues to expand under president Donald Trump and the tax cuts and job act. Like I said, we have all these big companies. We have Chipotle that just announced a huge investment lows, FedEx, UPS, Hostess—I mean, it goes on and on. Economy is on fire. It's on fire. Um. So I'm gonna get—I'm gonna get into this too. I'm gonna get into this one too. Um. So Jay Z. Um is uh. Trying to play the whole. Trayvon Martin bullshit. And, uh, you know, getting one of his, uh, get, getting his group together to honor Trayvon Martin. Here's another big problem in fucking America. You got this little shit, Trayvon Martin, who deserved to be smashed and, and killed, which he was. He was a piece of fucking little fucking thug shit. And he got stomped on for attacking. A security guard in a neighborhood he didn't fucking belong in. And if you look at the little shit's record, it's a fucking novel of bad behavior and being a thug, selling drugs and getting in fights and landing in jail. Fucking little prick. I would have loved to have fucking watched that bitch suffer. He's such a piece of shit. Um, But, uh, you know, fuck. and they're all Jay-Z, honor's beacon of light. Trayvon Martin at Miami Peace Walk. See, this is a fucking problem in society. People look at Jay-Z like a fucking role model. Jay-Z shot his own brother. Jay-Z sold a lot of crack and ended up in jail. Jay-Z has been has punched Beyonce's sister. So, you know what I, I want to know? I want to fucking know And how this guy is so looked up to, Jay-Z. How is he such a fucking role model? He was on fucking... Um, the, um, he was on with, uh, the fruitcake, uh, Van Jones, and, uh, you know, Van Jones is trying to ask him about the black community and how he feels about how they're being treated and what could be improved, but Jay-Z doesn't do shit for the black community, Jay-Z is not a role model, Jay-Z is a thug and a criminal, and, and has this, probably the same, uh, novel records Trayvon Martin, so, I mean, you know, you're always gonna have these fucking idiotic, ignorant fucks that, uh, you know, spread this hateful bullshit that doesn't belong in our country. I mean, it's just stupid. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Shut the fuck up. All lives matter. All lives matter. Black, black, get this through your fucking head. Lives matter is a hate group. They are one-dimensional. They have made it very clear what their intentions are going after cops and white people. So fuck them. And all these fucking rappers, all these losers, I mean, seriously, I mean, they're, they're just bad examples for young children. And people want to pick on Donald Trump for saying, for using some words that are mild compared to what these rappers say in their fucking videos about pussy and cocaine and sex and fucking uh, gangbangs and, and, and threesomes and, and, you know, Eiffel Towering bitches. I mean, you hear all this shit and, uh, you know, sniffing cocaine off a girl's asshole. I mean, all this stuff comes out of rap songs. And all and, and these people are supposed to uh, give their political sense and how they feel. How do they have any fucking credibility uh, criticizing Trump or criticizing, you know, what he said? Trump said mild. And you got Trayvon Martin honoring him, it's just so pathetic. Trayvon Martin attacked the security guard in a neighborhood he did not belong in, and the security guard fucking popped his ass, which he should have. Trayvon Martin hit the security guard a couple times. The security guard, in defense, shot the motherfucker. That's how it is. That's how it is. If you fuck around, And you, especially if you fuck with law enforcement, you're going to get your fucking ass killed. Period. So now we're honoring him. Oh, my God, dude. Fucking loser. And, yeah, and they're trying to bring in Martin Luther King into this uh, with their protest. Uh, Martin Luther King would be appalled of losers like Jay-Z and Black Lives Matter and liberals – Uh, If Martin Luther King was alive today, he would be a conservative, and he would be for everyone. He would not be for this one-dimensional Black Lives Matter fucking bullshit. I can tell you that right now. And fuck Trayvon Martin. He got what he deserved. He got what he deserved. Got candle lightings for a fucking criminal. And then you got that fat ass from Ferguson, uh, Michael Brown, big boy. Fucking attack the, uh, the clerks in the market and uh, you know, jacked the store up, ruined his store, went out, tried to confront a cop, cop shoots his ass, and everybody screams racism. I mean, it's pathetic. Like, blacks need to fucking obey the law. Blacks make up 16% of the population. They commit over 50% of crime. I said this on my show before, and there are true statistics. You can go look them up. Blacks make make up 16% of the population. They commit over half the crimes, over 50% of the crimes. It needs to fucking stop. And um, so Kobe, 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 uh, you know, was trying. Kobe made a statement over the, uh, in the last couple days. About saying he would kneel, um, saying he would kneel uh, for racial injustice, for and, and and let me let me clear this up for you folks. Let me clear this up for you, and just just so we just so you can hear the insanity. So, Toby Bryant, which you know I respected his game quite a bit, and you know I I I am a fan, um, not with his political views. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. Kobe said he would, still, he would still protest the National Anthem if he were still playing. But here, here, here's the thing about Kobe and these players. Their one objective is, is uh, protesting cop, uh, white, white cops on black crime. White cops killing black people. Do you realize last year only 16 blacks were shot by white cops? 16 blacks were only shot by white cops in this whole country. This is what these ignorant fucks are protesting. What about the white racial injustice? Because believe it or not, black black people are actually, in, in today's society, I mean, they're pretty racist towards white people with some of the shit you see. So it's a two-way street. White, maybe white people need to start protesting. Um, you know, I, I, this is just ridiculous. It's one-dimensional. Kobe Bryant said, uh, quote, unquote, I'm sure I would have gotten some fl- flat for it. That's fine. I think that call- – oh, God, he agrees with Colin Kaepernick. The police brutality shit. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's not even an issue. I mean, it's so mild compared to the real issues. Why don't you guys protest the real issues, like the streets of Chicago, like people getting killed every second in Chicago, or Detroit, or the 70% single mother rate in the black community. Yeah, you heard that right. Go look at the statistics. The single mother rate in the black community is 70%. 70% single mothers. Why don't you help fix that? This is all for attention, these athletes doing this stupid shit. It really is. It absolutely is. Uh, man,
0: what a day. What a day.
1: All right,
3: guys. I, uh, I really want you to hear this. Um, this is a woman uh, that President Trump... Uh, let the homeless woman this is about 8 years ago it's a beautiful story uh, she went into one of Trump's luxurious apartments that was abandoned and she stayed there uh, she said she wouldn't leave and uh, Trump gave the place to her I mean, it's, it's a beautiful story you gotta hear this
0: hi everybody I am a squatter in Donald Trump's building.
3: Let me remind you, she is a black woman. She is a black woman, and, you know, Trump is not a racist.
0: Hi, everybody. I am a squatter in Donald Trump's building, Trump Tower, in New York City. As you can see, I'm in my pajamas. Uh, there's Central Park right there and that tall building is the Essex House on Central Park West near 59th Street. I came in here about nine years ago and snuck in the building and started occupying one of the empty rooms in here. By the time a housekeeper noticed I was here the next day, she called the manager and they called the New York City police. who came up here and told me I had to leave or I would be arrested. When I told them I would not go, they contacted Mr. Trump over the phone. And he came down here. Instead of him evicting me off the property, He said that I can stay, and it's been eight years I've been here. Not only did he not evict me off the property, he made sure that I get eight three meals a day by room service and that I get a delivery of fresh flowers every week. So you people, not a bad guy at all. If it weren't for him, I'd be homeless. I'd be dead right now. I'd be in the street. I asked him, how am I going to pay him back for all of this? And he told me I can pay him back whenever I get it, which is never I have no idea why he did this with me. It's been nine years, and I've been here for totally free, and I haven't paid a dime. Donald Trump is not a bad guy. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. And everything I'm telling you today is true. Goodbye.
3: So there you have it, guys. The real Donald Trump. That's the real Donald Trump. And, um, you know, he has a heart of gold. He sure does. Absolutely beautiful. All righty. Um, so here's a big thing. It's go big. This is big. Um, where is it? Ford Motors. Boost production of large SUVs as demand explodes. Jesus, this is a crazy. Ford Motors has announced that it will ramp up production for its large, larger SUVs as demand explodes for the Ford Navigator and Ford Expedition models. The big three car manufacturer said it will invest another 25 million in factory improvements to facilitate a 25 percent increase in production of the SUV models, according to the Detroit Free Press. Ford reports that car dealers across the country have been, de- have been having trouble keeping the SUVs in stock as they roll off lots within the days after being delivered. The car maker remarked that customers are intensely interested in high end SUVs in this, in, in this the era, era of Trump. Let me read that again. The car maker remarked that customers are intensely interested in high end SUVs in this, in this, the era of Trump. Nearly 85% of all Navigator buyers chose high-end black label and reserve models in January 2018, which drove up the transaction price $21,000 from a year ago to $77,000. Sales are driven primarily by Texans, Floridians, and Californians. The Free Press reported they are trading in competitor vehicles known in the industry as a Conquest at a rate 40%. The more expensive Platinum Expedition model made up 29% of sales, Ford said. SUV sales have become a growing part of the company's sales. Indeed, many customers are trading in luxury vehicles like Mercedes, Lexus, and Land Rovers to secure one one of Ford high-end SUVs. In recent press junket to the company's Louisville, Kentucky truck plant, Ford's president of global operations, Joe Hendricks, also touted several new capabilities, including a series of massive 3D printers. The machine can manufacture parts or tools in hours instead of weeks, helping move production at a faster rate to minimize work stoppage due to missing parts. In one instance, Henrich noted that 3D printers can make a part that used to cost forward $7 per piece from an outside supplier, but now that they're made in-house, the company saves hundreds of thousands of dollars over the length of production. Heinrich celebrated the workers and technicians running the new lines. Quote, unquote, he said, this is like a big orchestra and everybody has to come together to make the music beautiful. Heinrich said during the press availability, this is not an easy environment. The whole blue collar, white collar thing we do it's wrong. We rely on these people to solve our problems all day long. With winter hitting the Midwest and heavily this year, wow! I mean, that's it's amazing. I mean, more and more, more and more businesses. It's more and more. It just keeps happening. It, it's every day's Christmas. Every fucking day is Christmas. With with uh, with the with the Trump campaign. I mean, this is fucking great. All right, I'm moving on to my next uh, topic. Uh, we gotta talk about this, guys. We definitely gotta talk about this. We definitely have to fucking talk about this. So, Trump's Mexican, Trump, the the Mexican judge that is very biased against Trump, uh, will be hearing the border wall uh, um, um, case, and will be in charge of it. So here's more bias, here's more bullshit, here's more, uh, you know, games and, 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 you know, just childish antics. This judge does not like Trump, and he does not like the wall. Um, The federal district Judge, judge, federal district court judge, Gonzalo Curiel, whom President Donald Trump criticized during the 2016 presidential campaign, will hear a case against Trump's proposed border wall project in the San Diego courtroom on Friday. The case, which is being brought by the state of California and multiple groups, challenges the Department of Homeland Security's power to waive environmental laws in their construct, construction of a border wall. District Court Judge Gon- Gonzalo Curiel is scheduled to hear the case on Friday in the San Diego courtroom. The plaintiffs argue that the Trump administration is violating the Constitution and state laws because it is not conducting any any environmental review or complying with any environmental protection laws. But the federal law's government, citing a 1966 immigration law, says it has the authority to waive environmental laws in order to build the wall atop campaign promise of Trump's. The administration notes that previous challenges to this law have been unsuccessful, saying it has been repeatedly upheld in the face of legal challenges. Trump criticized Judge Carell in 2016 when he was presiding over a fraud law. Uh,
0: Let's see.
3: So, yeah, this judge has uh, met with Trump before, doesn't like Trump, uh, and he's hearing his case. You cannot tell me that this is not all set up. This is a, fu- I mean, the fact, the, the bias and the, the conflict of interest and, and, and the corruption. Trump's going to have to sign an executive order over this. Trump will have to sign an executive order. Because this fucking dude is not going to budge, uh, you know, over the wall, uh, this Mexican this Mexican judge. So what Trump will do is he'll just override it. That's what he's got to do. I mean, that wall is getting built. gets what he wants. He does. Uh, Let me read a little bit more. The administration notes that the previous challenges to this law have been, uh, let's see, in an interview with Chris Wallace, folks, in an an interview uh, with Chris Wallace uh, reiterated earlier, claims that the federal judge presiding in a fraud case against Trump University in California could be biased against simply, yes, I mean, why? He's totally biased. He is totally biased. It, there's no. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we'll know more Friday, so I'm going to come back. We'll, we'll come back to this, but fuck, man. Fuck, 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 fuck.
0: Um, the case was just being about the state of Multiple Miss Laws.
3: And it doesn't violate the Constitution. California is so anti American, they don't even know what the Constitution entails. It has, nothing to, it has nothing to do with environmental review, like these little fucking lunatic liberals say. And it has nothing to do with environmental protection laws. Nothing. Other countries have walls. It's fine. That wall will be built. These anti-Californians can keep making fucking excuses and lies and putting their liberal, their own liberal uh, uh, dictionary together in their bullshit, but they're not going to fucking win. That wall is being built, and it's going to fucking be amazing right, guys, I'll talk more about this uh, on Friday when uh, when we hear more. Um, Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Uh, The homosexual uh, gay athlete uh, that's attacking Mike Pence, wouldn't shake his hand, wouldn't give him any sort of uh, acknowledgement, wouldn't, you know, fucked up. This fag is entitled, no doubt about it. Thinks the world owes him something. You know, thinks that, um, yeah, he, he, he thinks that, uh, you know, he doesn't need to respect people. I mean, this is what you call a typical liberal fag. A guy, this fucking guy that won't shake Mike Pence's hand. Hey I've seen him. the guy, this little, little ice skater, little fag ice skater, uh, you know he's a little wimp. Like he's a little, a little fucking. He's a weirdo. Um, and uh, you know, you shouldn't even be representing America. He should not even be representing America. You can't shake the vice president's hand, you fag. You should not be skating. Seriously. You take dick You take dicks in your ass. And, you know, you suck, and you get on your knees, and you wear, you know, pink clothes, and wear all your fucking, you know, uh, girly clothes, and uh, you act like a f- complete fruit Loop, and you won't even, and you have no respect, you're a complete shithead, you're a complete fucking shithead, and you won't even shake the president's hand. Problem with gay people? On the conservative side, conservative gays are great. I, I know a lot of conservative gays. They're awesome people. But liberal gays bother the hell out of me because they're entitled, they're ignorant, they're misinformed, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They'd rather have, a, they'd rather, you know, get their 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 uh, tranny surgery than have a good economy. They care more about. Go, uh, you know, having their their kissing, you know, having their marriage. Uh, they care more about gay marriage than they do about a sex- successful economy. They can't care more about all these things that come last on the list. Like these social issues, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And this guy should be ashamed of himself. Okay, it's like pit squeaks like this that you just want to like slam against the locker. You know, you're walking down the hallway and there's a locker, and, you know, whether it's in a building, and you just want to go, bam, fucking disrespectful pig. Fucking sludge packer, weirdo. All right. I mean, it's they're, 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 they're so, ugh, fuck, why do we even have this guy? Why is this guy even unbelievable? I'm going to read to you what he fucking wrote. Gay competitors representing the United States at the 2018 Olympic Winter Games Oh, there were several. majority of them attacked Pence and would not shake his hand. I thought we were all trying to come together. I mean, this is entitlement and ignorance at its finest from these fags. They should have gone up there and shook his hand. A conservative, uh, a a gay conservative would have gladly shook Mike Pence's hand. Because uh gay conservatives are rational. They're sane. They know the great the great that's going on in this country right now.
0: Jesus Christ.
2: And you
3: know it's just a pattern. If it's not one thing, it's another with the LGBT community. They're always bitching. The LGBT community is always bitching about something. The the LGBT liberal side is always, always whining. I don't have any rights. I don't. What rights don't you fucking have? You live in America. You have all the rights in the fucking world. You just want attention from other people. Because other people don't necessarily agree with what you, with the way you portray yourself or with the way you dress or with the way you act. Like, shut the fuck up. These LGBT motherfuckers bother the hell out of me. And they're annoying. And they have no, they have no merit. They have no, they have no dog. They have no dog in the fight. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Seriously. All righty. Um... So there's more um, Lisa Page to Peter's emails leaked, Um, more bias from the Trump investigation uh, and the fake Russia dossier. Text messages released this week between disgraced FBI attorney Lisa Page and Agent Peter Stork showing Page saying, quote, unquote, I truly hate pro-lifers. And the two discussing shutting down the 2016 March for Life on the National Mall. Wow, wow. I mean, these these Democrats that want these are it's disgusting. Stork, quote unquote, said fucking marchers making traffic problems. Page said, yes, some extremely offensive video screens set up in front of districts." I truly hate these people. No support for the woman who actually has spent, has 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 to spend the rest of her life rearing the child, but we care about life, assholes. That was Lisa Page, quote unquote. Now we're going to Peter Stork, quote unquote. And literally, I am the last car through four lights as they shut down Pennsylvania Avenue. Hey, I have an idea snow emergency. Cancel the permit. Wow. Page and Stork, both married, were reportedly carrying on an affair. We knew that. Uh, let's see. At Breitbart News reported, Jim Jordan from Ohio said the latest batch of text messages between Page and Stork, who were involved in the investigation to do allegations President Donald Trump aided Russians' collusion in this in his election and and Hillary Clinton's email scandal, reveal FBI reviews of Trump were more than just biased. They actually show they actually show uh, terrible animosity towards the president. And they were planning to uh, illegally uh, commit a crime and try to take him down and prevent him from becoming president. It's disgusting. Trump has been hailed by national pro-life leaders as the most pro-life president in modern history. He is absolutely. While in the campaign trail in 2016, Trump promises pro-life based till four promises, nominating four pro, four. Nominating pro life justices to the US Supreme Court, signing into Law the Pain Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, which would end painful late term abortions nationwide, defunding Planned Parenthood as long as they continue to perform abortions, and reallocating their funding to community health centers that they provide compre- comprehensive health care for women. The other one is making the Hyde Amendment permanent law to protect taxpayers from having to pay for abortions. Nice. Very nice. Um Here's where I stand with this whole thing. You see all the corruption and all the corruption, like it doesn't stop. Um, here's a really big, really big thing that uh, came out today. Uh, Trump warns Democrats there there will never be another opportunity to fix DACA after March fifth. President Trump warned Democrats on Tuesday that they only have three weeks to work with Republicans on on a bipartisan fix to to the expiring Deferred Action for Child Arrivals program before the window closes. Negotiations on DACA have begun. Republicans want to make a deal, and Democrats say they want to make a deal. Wouldn't it be great if we could finally, after so many years, solve the DACA puzzle? This will be our last chance. There will never be another opportunity March Opportunity. March fifth is the deadline, Trump tweeted Tuesday morning. Trump has repeatedly used Twitter to encourage Democratic lawmakers to work with Republicans. He has. Trump has asked for $25 billion to go toward border security, a skill-based visa program to replace the diversity lottery system, and an end to chain migration in return for a pathway to citizenship for four for one point eight million illegal immigrants, including up to eight hundred thousand DACA recipients. But Democrats have some of these demands, and the two parties don't appear to be close to an agreement. The president on Monday also pushed to support his newly released infrastructure proposal, which he said presented Congress another chance to do bipartisan work. Trump, quote-unquote, our infrastructure plan has been put forward and has received great reviews by everyone except, of course, the Democrats. After many years, we have taken care of our military. Now we, we have to fix our roads, bridges, tunnels, airports, and more. Bipartisan make-deal Dems, Trump tweeted. So, you know, they have their chance. Let's do this. You know, uh, Trump's given them. And right here, I mean, we all know Democrats put dreamers on a political prop. I've t- talked about this on my show before, uh, and they've been doing it for years. Um, so, you know, this will, this will show Uh, you know, how real and how true the Democrats are about caring for dreamers. We'll see it. They have until March 5th. They have until March 5th. So, you know, um, uh, I I don't think anything's going to get done. And I think, uh, you know, DACA, they're going to have to go. Because I don't think Democrats and Republicans are going to work together. I mean, you know, for the most part, it's the Democrats being obstructionists there's also certain republicans that uh you know i don't think uh have the right uh, mindset about this whole thing so you know uh there's more to come we will stay updated on this story um as always and uh you know march 5th is right around the corner so we will see um here's another huge thing that happened uh today uh, it was out today a new a report The Treasury wipes 300 IRS regulations off the books. Amazing. So, reading this article, the Treasury Department has joined in with other key agencies to make good on President Trump's promise to substantially reduce regulations targeting nearly 300 internal revenue service rules for the trash heap. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said that many of the 298 proposed for elimination have been changed or repealed by laws but are still in the books, creating confusion for taxpayers and corporations. We continue our work to ensure that our tax regulatory system promotes economic growth, he said. These 298 regulations serve no useful purpose to taxpayers and we have proposed eliminating them i will look forward to continuing continuing to build on our efforts to make the regulatory system more efficient and effective he added trump has called on his administration to kill regulations that are duplicative or outdated and the treasury list is a good example of those he issued an executive order april 21st directing treasury to simplify the tax system Treasury called those targeted, unnecessary, duplicate, duplicative, or obsolete and forced taxpayers to navigate needlessly complex or confusing rules. In the, in the notice issued today, Treasury said this notice of proposed rulemaking proposes to streamline IRS regulations by removing 209 regulations. I repeat, 298 298 regulations that are no longer necessary because they do not have any current or future Uh, applicability under the Internal Revenue Code and by amending 79 regulations to reflect the proposed removal of the 298 regulations. The proposal removal and amendment of these regulations may affect various categories of taxpayers. The administration has more that achieved Trump's campaign promise to kill two regulations for every new one created. At one point, his team was eliminating 16 older regulations for every new one. In a statement, Treasury said that the three categories targeted are regulations interpreting provisions of the code that have been repealed, regulations interpreting provisions that have been significantly revised and the existing regulations do not account for these revisions. Regulations that are no longer applicable. Wow. So this is going to save taxpayers a bundle of money. It's going to put a bunch of money back into our economy. These were all unnecessary regulations that were created to fill past presidents' pockets, and only for their own gain. These regulations did none of us any uh, any good. Um, and, and you see what Trump had to do to create this amazing economy. Trump had to uh, kill 800 regulations that Obama signed. He had to get rid of 800 regulations that Obama signed in order to create this amazing economy. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, no president has done what President Trump has. It's unbelievable. Okay, here's a real sick story, really fucking sick. There's a mayor – so there's a there's a convicted sex offender who won re-election in a small Pennsylvania town as fire chief, and it's causing controversy all over the world, uh, all over the United States. Uh, chief Roger Gilbert Jr. of Spartansburg was convicted of having sex – this is the most disgusting – uh, the most horrific, nasty, like, it makes you, it, it, like, I can't even describe how terrifying this sounds. Like, and he actually did something so cruel and so her, absolutely, uh, it, it, it's a devil. I mean, this is what a devil would do. He was convicted of having sex with a four-year-old girl in 2001. Again, having sex with a four-year-old girl. A fucking pervert in 2001, and he served five to ten years in prison for involuntarily, involuntarily sex DVI sexual intercourse. Oh my God, this is disgusting. The Daily Mail reported. Since his release, Gilbert, 43, as a sex offender, and began volunteering with the Spartansburg. The fire Department in 2010 The fire department recently re-elected Gilbert to serve as the town's fire chief Which is an unpaid position His victim's mother told The Cory Journal that Gilbert Should not be in a position where he can interact with Children and is outraged that the fire department and members of the community Have allowed him to serve as a fire chief they are just sweeping this under the rug, she said. They are putting other lives at stake by allowing him to be in this position. Children look up to look up to and trust firefighters. He can't be trusted because he is a child molester. Mayor Ann Louise Wagner says, and th- let me remind you, the mayor is defending this this fucking creep, this pervert. Mayor Ann Louise Wagner says she and the firefighters who worked with Gilbert were aware of his criminal history and defended the department's vote. I support the fire department and their decision to have him as a chief, Wagner told the Journal. I don't know why she won't drop this, the mayor added, referring to the victim's mother. Gilbert claims he ch- has changed since his conviction 20 years ago and has vowed to do good. That, that was 20 years ago, Gilbert said. You know the story you're telling your kids, and once you make a mistake, you'll be punished for the rest of your life. I've changed my life for the better. Every day, I get up and try to do good, is what he said. But that doesn't matter, dude. You said that shit. You say you're trying to do good, but you're a, this guy's a fucking sex offender. This guy's a fucking, I mean, this guy raped a four-year-old girl. You, 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 your life is done after that. You can't do good after that. How can you change and, 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 and create a new life after that? This guy's a fucking pervert and he's a fire chief. I mean this headline is getting so much uh, buzz around social media and everywhere that the mayor of the town backs him up. It tells the mother of the child of which, the, tells the, the mayor tells the mother of the child that he raped to drop it this little girl was raped when she was 4 years old and 20 years later this little girl is all grown up and the mayor is telling the girl's mother and and this and and, and then and you and, and this this little girl was a rape victim from this fire chief guy and the mayor's trying to tell the, the mother to drop it like the rape doesn't matter and to drop like that, like she can't like are you serious like this is gonna, ha- this probably has haunted this woman her whole life. This little girl. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's sickening that you have the sort of leadership as a mayor uh, to defend a sex offender and then tell uh, the victim's mother to drop it. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Anyways, guys, I'm going to move on. Uh, so all these – so, we, you know, you have to be – we have to be careful. Um, you know, like Facebook and Twitter now are censoring everything we write, and if they don't agree with it on Facebook or Twitter – They'll take it down, Facebook or Twitter or whoever works there, whoever's ever monitoring it, monitoring it. But they're watching us. Let me read this article to you. The advertising industry wants to make the web family-friendly and leftist pressure groups, sleeping giants-friendly too. On one of the largest consumer product companies, not to mention the sec. You, uh, what? How do we see Unile? You know, Lever, one of the largest consumer product companies, not to mention the second largest advertiser in the world, has threatened Facebook and Google with a boycott that they do not take steps to curb anger and hate on their platforms. According to written remarks from the Keith Weed, the company's chief marketing officer, Unleaver will not invest in platforms or environments that do not protect our children or which create division in society and promote anger or hate. Weed is expected to say at today's leadership meeting of the Interactive Blah, blah, blah. We will prioritize investing only in responsible power that will make a positive impact to society. Uh, so, so this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to take away free speech on Facebook and Twitter. And it's, it's only hate from the liberal side. It, it's, it's, not, it's not hate in a rational reality because we know liberals don't live in a, in a rational reality. And whenever their feelings are hurt, they can censor us and kick us off Facebook or Twitter, which is complete bullshit. That's taking away free speech. You know, this is something that has been going on. The war on free speech has been going on for a long time. You know, it, it's this ongoing issue. Uh, you know, liberals uh, want to basically shut down conservatives. And, you know, if you don't agree with a liberal, uh, then you're a racist, uh, you're a bigot, you're a Nazi. Um, and then that's how it goes. If you don't believe liberal logic, then you're you're not right from their eyes, and they want to monitor and censor you because you're a conservative, and um, they hate conservatives. And this is this is a country of this is a country of free speech, of the American dream. This isn't a country where you censor stuff, and you know you you, uh, you know try to fuck with people's profiles has to stop guys i'm I'm running on a time frame so i'm gonna I'll come back to this later uh, on my next show because um, I have a whole thing to talk about with uh, the censoring because it's complete bullshit um, I read a an unbelievable study today and it totally makes sense and it's so true um, the the Christian, Christians are the victims of at least 75%. Again, of at least 75% of all religiously motivated violence and oppression. Think about that, folks. And this was declared from the latest report of from Aid to Church in Need, which is the group organizing the event. Uh, they do a bunch of uh, poll research uh, for religious organizations. Um, but you know I knew Christians were uh, you know being attacked and uh, you know were being interrogated but 75 percent I mean I, I believe it I believe it it's definitely not the Muslims that are being interrogated like the liberal media likes to claim you know it's it, the Muslims are the most interrogated and you know the the, uh, the 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 Jews are the most interrogated no Christians by far are the most uh, interrogated, seventy-five percent, seventy-five percent, and we got all—we got all of this, um, this study, and you know, it, it, it's horrific that you have seventy-five percent of all religiously motivated violence and oppression is is, is Christian. Christians are the victims, seventy-five percent of the time. The, the war on Christianity, you know, it better fucking stop. And I, I, better, I better not hear motherfuckers bitching about my, my religion. Christianity will always dominate the world. Christianity is the most powerful fucking thing on, it's the most powerful religion on earth. Christianity will dominate forever. Nobody will ever be able to take over Christianity. You can try, you can fucking try, but you'll never win. We are powerful. Christians are the most powerful people in the world and the most successful and the most rich and the smartest. So, you know, this whole bullshit with this study um, uh, you know the, the hate against Christians needs to stop. It really does. Here's a, okay, so here's another great thing that uh, the Trump administration is proposing. Uh, they're, they want to send food directly to low-income families. Um, the Trump administration proposed Monday to have the Department of Agriculture prepare and send packages of food directly to low-income families, replacing a portion of their food stamp benefits. The proposal, new in the White House, The fiscal 2019 budget is for families to receive some of their benefits in the form of a USDA foods package, which would include items such as shelf-stable milk, ready-to-eat cereals, pasta, peanut butter, beans, and canned fruit, vegetables, meat, poultry, or fish. Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mick Mavani called it a Blue blue apron type program, Monday afternoon comparing it to the meal kit service. The government would save money on the box, he said, because it could buy the food items wholesale, where areas typically food stamps recipients have to buy food at retail prices. The package would replace a portion of traditional supplemental nutrition assistance program benefits for families just receiving more than $90 in benefits a month as a way of saving money, increasing the nutritional value of benefits, and cracking down on fraud. That's a big one because people were using food stamps uh, to get money out of it, Uh, and I believe this is one of the main reasons they're doing this, so people are actually eating the food and not going out and getting uh, money uh, for them uh, for the food stamps. Uh, The broader budget document, which is a proposal from the White House to Congress, calls for reducing or food stamp spending by more than $200 billion over the next 10 years. The government spent $64 billion on SNAP benefits in 2017. The Office of Management and Budget argued for reduced spending on the grounds that the food stamps program hasn't shrunk as quickly as the economy has grown after the recession. Some conservatives have argued that the program is serving as a form of Indirect welfare spending rather than nutritional assistance, and this is discouraging work. The package would be filed with 100% American grown food and shipped directly to recipients according to the budget documents. Now, this is big. This is really big. This is great. So, there's no more food stamp fraud. People, you know, can actually, uh, this is helping low income families. This is helping the poor. You didn't see Obama doing something like this. I mean, we're actually giving uh, the less fortunate food. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, so this is a really good news. This is really good news. And f- fuck liberals. Like, liberals are going to fucking freak out. Gets rid of funding for NPR, which is extremely liberal, and, and it's a piece of garbage And PBS, which is a liberal piece of garbage. President Donald Trump's 2019 budget includes a proposal that would eliminate federal funding for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, CPB, according to a report. The Hill reported that Trump's budget would cut funding for CPB, which fund public television and radio stations such as PBS and NPR, over two years. To conduct an orderly transition away from federal funding, the budget requests 15.5 million in 2019 and 15 million in 2020, which would include funding for personal costs of 16.2 million, rental costs of 8.9 million, and other costs totaling 5.4 million, according to the proposal. CPB grants represent a small share of the total funding for the Public Broadcasting Service, PBS, and National Public Radio, NPR, which primarily primarily rely on private donations to to fund their operations, the proposal continued. CPB received $445 million in federal funding, according to the most recent data available from the organization. Those federal funds made up 15% of PBS funding and 10% of funding for NPR radio broadcasting. Patricia Harrison, president and CEO of CPB, released a statement Monday decrying Trump's plan to defund CPB. Since there is no – okay. So CPB – so you look at all of this. um, The liberals are freaking out. I mean, this is going to be replaced. This is great fucking news. PBS and um, and NPR are complete crapshoots. It's complete crapshoots. It's awful. Those two stations, and I'm glad he's he's getting rid of them.
0: All righty,
4: got
3: a new report, a brand new report. Actually, I don't. Wow. Uh, coming from Tel Aviv, Breibart, Cody Schreer, a shadowy former tabloid journalist who has long been closely associated with various Clinton scandals, has been traveling across Europe for more than six months in an alleged effort to secure evidence of compromising material possessed by the Russian related to President Donald Trump. Jesus, they're still trying to – Wow. They just can't stop. They just can't stop. There's no the Russia dossier is a fake. They just can't give it up. The liberals, they just can't give it up. It's real sad. And we, you know, this really, this really bothers me. Is the liberal media was praising North Korea uh, last night and saying, you know, they're doing a lot of better things than we are, but they have no fucking clue, like. Everybody with a brain knows North Korea is the scariest place to be. Like, let me give you an example of some of their abuses. Sending thousands to state-run gulags. Thousands of North Koreans have been sentenced to labor camps, often for crimes such as underperforming at work or suspended opposition to the government. Life in labor camps is unimaginably bleak. Thousands of prisoners have died as a result of starvation, illness, exhaustion, accidents, or torture. Stalinist speech and behavioral codes. Freedom of speech in North Korea is non existent. Police routinely detain and send to labor camps anyone believed to have criticized or disrespected the regime in any way, condemning them to re education. All forms of media are state controlled and vigorously promote the regime, often making provocative and false claims. Individuals also have little to no access to foreign information. The government provides all radio, television, and electric devices. Dozens of people have been executed merely for watching foreign films. Wow. One party state, Kim Jong-un and the Korean Workers' Party have no political opposition. All North Koreans must worship him and his predecessor. Pro- Predicers. Dear leader Kim Jong-un, Il and eternal president Kim Jong-il sung and as godlike figures. The last stage managed election took place in March 2014 and Kim Jong-un won with 100 points of the vote and a zero uh, abstention rate. Forced abortions. Many defectors have recounted tales of forced abortions typically for babies that are considered ethnically or genetically inferior. Pregnant women were forced into harsh labor all day. Defector Jay Hyun A. said at a United Nations event event last year, at at night we heard pregnant mothers screaming and babies died without ever being able to see their mothers. Executions. A gruesome report from the Transitional Justice Working Group detailed the common practice of public executions, which take place everywhere from schoolyards to local marketplaces. In the given report, Executions took place for the charges such as prostitution, theft, and disturbing South Korean media Kidnapping of foreigners In the 1970s and 1980s, the North kidnapped an untold member of South Korean and Japanese citizens to be trained as spies for the regime Only a few of these people have ever been returned and many have already died The estimated number of victims range from the dozens to the thousands A recent defector also warned that North Korea is also ready to start kidnapping Americans. Last June, American student Otto Warmbier was returned to the U.S. in a brain-induced coma and died soon after. He has been sentenced to 15 years hard labor after stealing pro-government paraphernalia from his Pygon Hotel. Another thing. Persecution of Christians and other religious groups. A 2017 report on worldwide Christian persecution notes that across North Korea, Christians have undergone unspeakable atrocities, including extrajudicial killings, forced labor, torture, persecution, starvation, rape, forced abortion, and sexual violence. Documented incidences against Christians include being hung on a cross over a, crossover, a fire crushed under a steamroller, hurt off bridges, and trampled underfoot. One estimate suggests that three-quarters of Christians in the North Korean camps die as a result. Other formerly practiced religions, such as Buddhism and Korean shamanism, are heavily discouraged. Last one, threatening nuclear war. Although no shots have yet been fired. North Korea has aggressively pursued a nuclear weapons program with the stated aim of waging war against the U.S. and potentially other regional allies. Among other claims, North Korea has repeatedly threatened to attack the U.S. through an unimaginable strike at an unimaginable time and turn the country into a pile of ash. This reckless pursuit pursuit of nuclear arms has caused a major concern among the international community and is widely seen as the greatest threat to world peace. Last November, senior Pentagon official warned that a comp could result in hundreds of thousands or even millions of deaths in just the first few days of fighting. Wow. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Insane. All righty, that is all the time I have. I want to close the show by saying um, I have a lot of uh, big things going on, um, and uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff. My show's doing really well. Um, I, my app business is doing really well. If you ever need an app built, uh, contact GetYourAppBuilt.com. Get <clears throat> Again, that's GetYourAppBuilt.com. And, uh, you know, everybody needs apps. So, uh, you know, let let me know. Um, I know I have a lot of listeners. Um, another thing, um, we have uh, big things planned for uh, my app TixFeed, uh, Tix which is a new way of selling deals and tickets. Um, we're signing a huge deal next week uh, that's going to be worth multi-millions. Um, and, you know, I also have my Donald Trump T-shirts that you guys can uh, check out on my store, which is Make Make Tech Great Again on Facebook, and then Making Christianity Great Again, Customized President Trump Apparel. Um, I, I know you all will love it. Um, it's super cool stuff. And then I have a lot of other uh, technology products coming out soon that I'll be announcing to all of you. Um, you know, I'm always working. Um, I sleep four hours a night and then I'm on, on my next project. Um, so it's just very, you know, it's very exciting. You know, I love what I do and um, I want to also say that, um, you know, the feminism is terrorism um, group that I'm putting together right now. is going to be awesome. And I can't wait to get, you guys involved and we have a bunch of other people uh that are really going to you know uh, take action on this um, th- this movement you know it's, it's something amazing it really is and uh yeah i um, i want to thank all of you um for tuning in to the Rory Soder show i'm Rory Soder i love you all god bless I hope you all have a great week. Cheers, everybody. Take care. Hey, guys. Thank you for watching the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's Biggest Trump Supporter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody.
0: Cheers.